Good morning, and welcome back to Anything But Boring with Dumas Maximus. Um, today I would like to talk about the year 1977, which was a year of change for me. It was good, it was bad, it was indifferent, it was all of the above. Um, it's just one of those things that happen in your life that you look back on and you're like, man, I remember that well. So first of all, I would like to go ahead and give a shout out to all my caretakers out there. Please pay extra attention to the person you're caretaking for because they may need extra medicines, they may need extra care, they may need extra nursing services, they may need physical therapy, you never can tell. Just make sure you're on top of your game. All you caretakers out there, just stay on top of it. I have faith in you. That's the reason I started this podcast and the reason why I'm going to continue it. So um, I would also like to give a shout out to... Uh, Law enforcement, the good cops don't like the bad cops, but the bad cops got to go. There's got to be something that's done, man. Black Lives Matter, that's the bottom line. Even with this COVID-19 thing going on, there's the pandemic of cops hunting out the black people, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I think it's a bunch of crap. So please, be understanding if you're a bad cop and you need to go. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay, now on to the year 1977. It was a year of change for me. It was the year that my stepdad decided to go ahead and get on with the uh, state highway department in Colorado. And in order to get on with the local department, you had to do a year out in the field. And out in the field meant out in Last Chance, Colorado. Not everybody knows where Last Chance Colorado is, but it's way the heck out there. From Denver, it's 73 miles east and then a couple miles north but the whole aspect of it was that in the plains i don't know if you've ever been out into the plains of colorado but it snows heavily there it gets all kinds of weather it gets hot out there there's cattle mutilations that go on out there there's all kinds of stuff that happens out there and me as a city boy did not understand the concept of all this until the stepdad had lived for six months out in uh, Linden, Colorado, which is 10 miles from away from Last Chance, Colorado. And that's where the station was that he worked out of in order to have the snowplow, the sand truck, the heavy equipment, all that stuff. Um, he was a Vietnam veteran who participated with the CBs. And he came back as a, how can I say this? He wasn't a happy American like I am. I'm a very happy American. I fly a flag out in front of my house every day. He did not do those types of things. So after six months of him being out there, we had to go ahead and move out there because he was married to my mom. This is my stepdad, of course. He was married to my mom and had uh, relations, I guess, and could not be away from her, which I completely understand. Now. I'm an adult. Now, back then, I was, you know, a young, younger man. I was a very, I was a teen. And that's the way that things were back then. I mean, you just went with where your mom went. That's where you went. And you had to do it. And there was, like, times when we had to do it out of Last Chance, Colorado, where she hated it. We lived in a little trailer on the Chenoweth farm. And God loved the the Chenoweth people, those people knew how to party and they knew how to live life, man. I, as a city boy, I never knew what living life was about until I moved out to the Chenoweth farm on the little trailer that they rented to Slim. 
<laughs> I saw many things that had happened. One particular thing that I can remember that happened was that they it was winter time and coyotes were attacking people's cattle and they were all the ranchers gathered around and they were worried that their cattle was going to be you know destroyed by this pack of uh, coyotes. So what we I said what we what they did and I got to tag along on was Chenoweth had a plane. He had wheels on the plane, but he also had skis on the plane. And in the wintertime, he would put the skis on and he would take his little tractor and plow out himself a runway and make enough room for he could get up and get out of there. I always wondered, and he never told the story, if he was into the military at some time. Because I have nothing but respect for military people. And this cat, man, could take that plane off in a short distance. You would not think that he could get that plane up or down in the distance that he was going with skis on. And that's exactly what he did. And I learned, because I got to ride in the plane, to go on this coyote hunt. And all the people on the ground had snowmobiles. And everybody opened their gates and to their fields. And they would ride across the highway and you know straight into somebody else's field and stuff. Especially if the plane spotted coyotes. Because they would start throwing colored toilet paper. Back in the 70s, they had pink toilet paper. They had green toilet paper. They had blue coat toilet paper. It was multicolored and it turns out it caused cancer, but that's the way we rolled when we were younger, man. That's exactly what we did. I mean, colored toilet paper wasn't nothing but a thing like a chicken wing on a string. It was just the way it was. The thing about the colored toilet paper being thrown out of a plane is that people from the ground could see it. It left a streamer and then you would ride it. I say you, I rode in the plane. I watched from the plane as these people converged on the coyote pack and would shoot the crap out of them. And then they would take them back to somebody's farm and skin them and sell the pelts. Coyote pelts were apparently valuable. And I never understood that. I mean, I've never seen like a coyote coat being worn around or uh, some sort of coyote purse. I never saw that. But for some reason, these things were valuable. And this is back in 1977, you know, so I was just a, a teen. I was trying to understand, but didn't get it. So, but this, uh, <laughs> the guy Chenoweth, this Chenoweth who enjoyed flying the plane. And my mom went up with this one time and I can remember him trying to mess with my mom. <laughs> he would fly the plane straight up and then cut the engines off and straight down and say, Oh my God, the engines are off. We don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. He would fly straight down, and then he would cut the engines back on him. Ooh, fly straight back up again. <laughs> it scared the crap out of my mom. And I just had never seen my mom freaked out like that before, and it was kind of funny to see. So it was just one of those things, man. 1977 was a good year. It was a year of change for me. I didn't get to see uh, a whole bunch of local stuff that happened. But if I did, I would have known that. The first Apple II computers went on sale in 1977. Here we are. We're east of Denver, like 73 miles, and then a couple miles north, out on the plains, where they... This is way before internet. This is way before cell phones, way before anything happened. And these types of things are happening. The first Apple computers went on sale. And then there was also Star Wars that opened on May 25th of that year. 
I didn't get to see, that was 1977. I didn't get to see Star Wars, the very first episode, until like 1980, 1981. And it's not that I wasn't privileged or whatever. I was just living the life of a person who had a bunch of rules forced on him and had to live by. So I did. I mean, that's the way I was raised. The Atari 2600 was released to the public. I don't know how many of you remember the Atari 2600, but it was a fun game. It was different than Pong. It was completely different than Pong. And then it evolved, you know, into Nintendo, and then it evolved into what it is to this day. All right, let's go back out to Last Chance, Colorado. I remember being out in Last Chance, Colorado, and uh, Slim, the stepdad, had found a snowmobile for sale, and it needed a little work, and all he had to do was rebuild the carburetor, and it was two-stroke. So he rebuilt the carburetor and put a new spark plug in and was able to get the fuel mixture right and got that thing running, man. And we used to ride around. Chenoweth let us, he had acres and acres and acres of land. I never really came out and said, hey, how many acres do you have? But he had acres of land. We would run around that thing, but on the same land, because it was east of Denver, 73 miles out on the plains, there was like yucca plants. There was uh, big ones. I'm not talking about little yucca plants. I'm talking about five-foot-tall yucca plants that were rooted into the ground like they were there forever. So with the snowmobile pulling like a car hood, and then there was a rope attached to it, the longer the rope, the more you swung out there. Well, the more you swung out there, the more chances you had to hit a yucca plant. And there were several times that I felt like Slim did it on purpose. He slung us into yucca plants and we flew off there and hit the snow, but he did not know that I was one of those indestructible people, man. You can't put me down. You can't come up against me. I'm forced to be reckoned with, man. I'm an indestructible person. I'm just that way. I'm not going to stop being who I am. I'm going to continue being who I am. But in 1977, there were a lot of things that went on. Elvis Presley died at the age of 42. Who would have thunk Elvis Presley would die at the age of 42? I'm going to say certainly not me and certainly not my mom. My mom instantly burst into tears. I remember hearing the news on the radio, uh, 1460 KYSN AM radio in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And we were riding along in the car. My mom burst into tears and stuff. We were on our way to Target. She was going to get some stuff. So... All I know is that this was a year of change. There were so many things that went on. The average in, uh, average income per capita for person was $15,000 a year. The soccer star Pele retired on October 1st of 1977. I don't know how many of you remember Pele, but he used to do the jump up in the air and then kick it backwards kicks. And he, he was very... Agile and athletic. He was one of those people that enjoyed soccer. And you could tell that he put the passion into the work that he did only by the way that he showed his playing. And luckily we had ABC's World uh, Wide World of Sports with Howard Cosell. And he <laughs> broadcasting, this is Howard Cosell. And he would do those types of things and make sure that those broadcasts. It's the reason I did this podcast today, because I was influenced by so many people who had those type of radio voices and they enjoyed those type of things. There was so much stuff that happened in 1977. Anyway, going back to the Chenoweth Farm, those people, they knew how to live 
life country. Pardon me for a second. Where the trailer was that we lived in, there was a pig pen right next door, and they had two great big pigs in there, man. They had to have been at least 750 or 800 pounds. They were huge pigs. And we used to wonder why they were there. Like, were they pets? Here, I am a city boy. I'm coming out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, and I'm like, okay, like, there's no buildings around here. This is out in the open. But right next door to the one particular structure that we lived in, which was a trailer house, single wide, there's a pig pen. And then there's a wire fence around it. And I'm like, I wonder why they put an electric wire fence around it. Hmm. And then we used to touch it and stuff and get shocked. And we're like, whoa, whoa. Anyway, one day, Chenoweth came up there and he had a tractor and it had a, a front loader on it. And he had the front loader lifted up, and there was a train, a chain dragging underneath the tractor. And I said, I wonder what that chain is for. What's going on here? I was a city boy. I didn't know Hayseed from Cumsicle. And then he goes and says, he stops and says, Hey, go ask your mom if you can see a pig being butchered, if that's okay. So apparently, there were previous discussions about some of the stuff that happened over there that was not okay for us to see but we just went and did anyway and i was like oh my god i've never seen that kind of stuff before so and asked the mom and she said are you prepared to see brutality and i said what is brutality and she said they're gonna they're gonna chop this pig up and i said i want to see it man and i didn't realize that we had made friends with these pigs that lived in the pen right next door to us they're the neighbors you go over there and be friendly to the neighbors if you can i mean that's just the way people are you be as friendly as you can to the neighbors and if not you be as mean as you can to the neighbors well that's what they were doing they were being mean to the neighbors because i'll be damned if when we were in not in there while we were asking my mom if we could go watch this thing happen they shot the pig in the head tied the chain around its ankles on its back legs, picked it up with the front loader, and then were on their way back to the little Quonset, which was about, I don't know, a quarter mile from the trail house. And we came out, and she had said yes, and we're like, yes, we get to go see a pig bean butcher. And then when we came out of the house, there they are driving by with the tractor, and they said, well, come down here, boys. We're going into the Quonset. And she, <laughs> he drove into the Quonset, and by the time we got down there, they already had a wheelbarrow under this thing. They had, they had cut its neck and bled it and then slid it from stem to stern is what they said and peeled the skin off of it. And there was, it was gross. And I watched for about, I don't know, 10 minutes and I couldn't take anymore. I mean, once the guts fell into the wheelbarrow, I was like, oh my God, I'm done. This is 1977. I was a kid, man. I was a young boy, a city boy, who had been raised in the city, had electricity. The neighbors had cable. We used to watch across the fence and look at their cable at their TV because they would leave the window open for us. And it's just one of those things, man. I didn't expect to see all that, but it was the way it was. Okay, now going back into the rest of the world, uh, The Clash re released their debut album, and it was uh, April 1970, and it was called The Clash, very simply. And The Clash was a very popular punk band that actually became popular and still iconic to this day. Uh, Roman Polanski was arrested and charged with numerous offenses, including rape by use of drugs, perversion, sodomy, and lewd and lascivious acts with a child. 
Come on, Roman Polanski, what were you thinking? I agree, it's 1977, but come on, there has to be a line drawn somewhere. You can't do that kind of crap. What's going on, Roman Polanski? Also, Seattle Slew becomes the only, the 10th horse to win all three jewels on the Triple Crown. Those three races are the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont Stakes. I remember Seattle Slough was from Colorado Springs, where I was at. It was right outside of town there. And there was, there's still a sign to this day and a plaque that uh, denotes the fact that won the Triple Crown and won uh, all three races. So it's one of those things, man. I mean, you've got to enjoy looking back on somebody else's reflection of history. You may not be as old as me, but I'm reflecting back to a time that was simpler. It was before the internet. It was a time that was the type of uh, time there was innocence. The first half of this year, 1977, I'm not going to say the first half. I'm going to say until the school year ended, which was in May. We were in the city. We were looking at, there was lights over Cheyenne Mountain. There was all kinds of things that were happening, man. It was kind of weird. It was um, almost surreal. And then taking a city boy and pulling him up out of his element and running him out 73 miles west of Denver and then 10 miles north. It's like craziness. It was, it was the coolest, the worst, the best, the cheesiest, oddest, weirdest learning experience I've ever had. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. I'm not going to lie. It was cool. Seeing Chenoweth take off from that plane. I mean, I'm not kidding you. There were a couple times we got to ride in the plane. He would come over there and invite us, you know, because he, he was kind of an honored character. You just couldn't stop Chenoweth, man. He was one of those cats, man, you could not contain. So he would get, the mom rode in the plane with us when we were in the back seat. And several times he rose up and cut that engine off and dropped down, rose up and cut down. Every time my mom would scream at the top of her lungs, oh my God, we're going to die. And then he'd cut that engine back on and he would just laugh and laugh. And his laugh was one of those laughs that you, you cannot forget, man. It was like an evil good laugh without the evilness. He was just that funny. He was that cat. And he would tell you jokes and shit. And then there was the time that we got invited over to castrate the pigs. I didn't know what castration was. I mean, I was a city boy once again. I didn't know. But the, he had these little piglets. From the pigs, he had sows. He had the pigs that lived next door to us, like I was telling you about before. But he had sows, and he would breed them. And then they would have the piglets, and they would be like, I don't know, what, 20, 30 of them. He would breed several sows. And then he'd say, let's go do the castration. I was like, what's that? And he said, oh, come and see. It's interesting. Watch. He would take the damn little piglets, hold them up, and, and like hold their head down and their feet up between his legs and he'd squat down. And then he would cut their genitalia off. And then apply this liquid like it was no big deal. Throw the genitalia over the fence and the dog would eat them like that. And there were several times that they collected them in a bucket and they said they were going to have uh, oh, <laughs> uh, pork fries. <laughs> I thought, pork fries, that's unusual. I know French fries, but what's pork fries? Well, he showed me. He let me know about it. Even after the butchering of the pig, he brought sausage and bacon and stuff up to my mom and said, you boys are brave here. We're going to go ahead and give you this kind of stuff. And <laughs> I couldn't eat it. I watched it happening. I couldn't eat it. Back then, there was a lot 
of stuff that went on. This was the year 1977. During this same year, the first commercial flight of the Concorde went on. Here's the Concorde. It's a dip nose plane in the front. It dips down. It was like unheard of. It was technology unheard of. And it was still going on. And it was like 1977, like, wow. And back then, they used to talk about the Internet because the Apple computer came out. They talked about the Internet and everybody connecting everybody. And we said, no, that'll never happen. I mean, it's 1977, baby. We're living the dream. And turns out there's the Internet to this day. Also, NASA had the first test flight of the space shuttle in 1977. I remember that. It was on TV. It was a big deal. It was a NASA reinventing itself after the moon landing and all those types of uh, the expeditions that they did in the late 60s and early 70s. They you know, just kept launching those rockets. Well, the space shuttle was different. It was like a plane rocket. But it went. It, you could fly it up to space. You launched it off the back of a 747 and you could fly it up to space. Excuse me. There were so many things that happened. A gallon of gas was only 65 cents in night. 1977. A lot of people don't realize that. I mean, things were different back then. It was more of an innocent age. It was way before the age of technology. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, Shakira, the performer, was born on February 2nd of 1977. I mean, there were so many different types of things that happened. But meanwhile, back at the Chenoweth Farm, we had gotten in with good with them and we had to ride the school bus to school and it was like 13 miles away and when we came home things were cool and they chenoweth had an older i was in seventh grade in 1977 chenoweth had a junior in high school age son who drove and did all kinds of stuff and it was the first time that i ever heard that you could sketch behind the back of a cow. Sketching is when you slap the, you hold the towel, the cow's tail, slap the cow in the butt, and then take off in the snow and ski behind it. Sketching is skiing behind a cow. And I remember the first time that he talked my brother to do it, and I was like apprehensive. I said, I don't know if I could do that, man. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, what if the cow poops? <laughs> That's just me. <clears throat> my brother said, I'll do it. So he grabbed the, the uh, cow's tail and then Chenoweth's son <laughs> slapped him on the butt and he shot off across the field and he made it, I'm not kidding you, a good 40 or 50 yards and then the snow ended and it was dirt and there was poop there and he hit the dirt and fell flat on his face right in the poop and I'll never forget having to go home and tell my mother what had happened why he had the fresh cow poop on his face. It was <laughs> it was fresh cow poop. And it was on his face. This is my brother, man, who used to torment the shit out of me. He's my older brother and stuff. And I'm like, hey, you had that coming, man. That's that bad karma that you put out into this world. Because if you remember earlier, I've done an episode on karma piggy bank. And your karma piggy bank probably needs attention. I can tell you my brothers did on that day in 1977. One of the coolest times I ever remember, though, is when it snowed so deep. The snow was all the way up to the top of the electric lines, which are, you know, probably 20 feet in the air, 17 to 20 feet in the air. They're way up there. But we lived in a trailer house, and it, it snowed and drifted up the front door and the back door, and we had to open the door 
a little bit at a time and start with a spoon and dig our way out of that tunnel to the outside. My mom hated that place. She hated Last Chance Call Barajo. She could not stand that place. <laughs> when we had to dig a tunnel out so she could get out, and the drift was probably from the trailer, it was all the way up to the top and over the top, but out at least 10 feet. And starting with a spoon and digging your way out, and then the pipes froze, and Slim had to get under there. He had to dig a tunnel to get under there with a hairdryer to go ahead and thaw the pipes out. That was some good times, man. That was 1977. I never lived in the country before. I was a city boy, born and raised, man. Did not know what the country life was about, but found out the hard way. In your life, man, reflect back. There's got to be times in your life that you can reflect back on and say, they were the worst of times, they were the best of times, but those were the times, man. You got a chance to live that thing, that thing that not a lot of people get to live. So just be cognizant of it because... 1977, it was a year of change for me, man. I, there were several things that happened in the world. I mean, it wasn't just happening on the Chenoweth farm. The movie release of Smokey and the Bandit. I'm sure everybody has seen Smokey and the Bandit. If you haven't, you need to go see it, man. It's got Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, a Trans Am. It's got Jackie Gleason as the sheriff. It's chasing them around. There's some stuff happening. It's funny as crap. It's got Jerry Lee Lewis in it. The Medal of Freedom was posthumously awarded to the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. in 1977. It was a year of change, man. It was a year that everybody tried to... Ref I, okay, I say everybody. I am one of everybody that can reflect back upon it and say, that was a year that was a good year. That was a year that was... 1977. So, I'm just going to go ahead and close the episode out on that. I'm going to leave it at that and say that I hope this was a good memory from you because it was a good memory for me. It was one of those things that when I reflect back on, it was a turning point in my life. It was a year of change for me. So, um, I hope that you all have those good years of change like this and I'm not the only one. And all I can request for you is that you, that peace, love, and blessings and that the best of the following years to come for you. You have a nice day, and I'll talk to you the next time on Anything But Boring with Dude Miss Maximus.